Welcome to Cover 4. If you're a Section 4 football fan, you're in the right place. This is your podcast. I'm Coach Smith, and I'll be your host. Buckle up. Let's go. The Cover 4 podcast is made possible by TDS Performance Improvement. 60% of first-time leaders fail. TDS Performance Improvement prevents these failures. By assessing, training, and coaching the right people for the most important responsibility in the world, leading people. Are you prepared to lead people? Visit tdspi.com and click on Find Out. Welcome to Week 4, Games of the Week. Roger Neal will analyze the backyard rivalry between Maine Endwell and Union Endicott. I will analyze two division collisions which have the potential to be classics. The first collision is in the Div division. That's Tioga at Walton. And the second collision is in Class C. That would be Waverly at Shenango Fork. Take it away, Roger. I'll tell you what, this is going to be an exciting weekend for high school football, Tim. And you know that as well as I do. We're getting down to the middle part of the season. Things start to shake out a little bit. And uh, today we're highlighting on the, the feature the old backyard rivalry. Maine and Will will travel to Ty Cobb Stadium to take on the UE Tigers. It's a special day because on Saturday it's homecoming day for the Tigers at Ty Cobb Stadium. So that always makes it extra special. One of the big things is we know, like when Vestal plays UE, for example, it doesn't matter what the records are. It doesn't matter what classification they're in. Are they double A, A, B? You just know it's going to be some kind of a showdown and battle. And I think this game will be very, very interesting. Both teams are coming off exciting wins. Let's take a look, first of all, at Maine Endwell out of Class B. The Spartans, well, they're still unbeaten. They're 3-0, and 25 straight wins going into the weekend. The two-time defending state champs will match up against the backyard rivals from Union Endicott at UE's home field. Now, for Maine Enwell, they had to pull a little bit of a rabbit out of the hat at the end of the contest. They were up big, but then they were playing up a notch or two, playing at Corning. And Corning scored with 50 seconds to go in their game last week. But the game was a one-point difference. And so Corning goes for a two-point conversion that could have won it. Tanner Burlingame stopped the two-point conversion try, and that preserved the victory by a single point. So quite an exciting game, 43-42 to 42 for the Spartans to stay undefeated. Vinny Mancini, how do you stop him? Well, you might be able to if you can catch him. Four touchdowns scored for him, five carries, racked up 155 yards, including also a 78-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. Landon Rolo, Three receptions, 114 yards, and one TD for the Spartans. So they came in to that game pulling it out against a a higher classification team. But when they did well, that doesn't matter. They are just plain good. Now, how about UE's Tigers? What a game they had at Dick Hoover Stadium against the Vestal Golden Bears. Vestal, I think, was favored in the game. They were home field. But it didn't turn out the way the Golden Bears had hoped. Outstanding defense. Both teams sloppy in the first half. Tons of penalties. It took forever to get the first half in, and nobody scored. 0-0 going into the third quarter. And then the defenses began to really shine. And it was a tremendous second half. One of the best second halves I've seen in a long time. And prevailing, the UB Tigers, they stopped what could have been a tying two-point conversion 
and they hold on to beat the Vestal Golden Bears 14 to 12. Their record now at one and two. So uh, one of the keys for the Tigers, Zahari Wells-Taylor scored both touchdowns in the game. He had 104 rushing yards on 20 carries. Workhorse, and he is tremendous. Connor Smith was uh, good on both PATs, and the result was that the Tigers picked up the win against our big-time rivals, along with a, a main end, well, but certainly for Vestal, a win against the Cross River rivals last weekend. So, showdown time, throw out the records, doesn't matter. Homecoming for the UB Tigers matching up against Maine and well should be one of the best games of the weekend by far, maybe one of the best games of the season. And we'll look forward to finding out exactly what happens on Saturday in Endicott. Tim? Yeah, those two games you uh, talked about last weekend, Roger, you think about the parity of those two games. You had um, two games were won by a total of three points. Yes. It's absolutely yeah. amazing. And Maine and well knows how that one point uh, that one point or what one point really means because that's what they beat Pleasantville for the state championship last year. Sure. And then again uh, against Corning. So all it takes is one point. And by definition, you score more points than they do and you're, you're going to be pretty good. Absolutely. And of course for UE, the big challenge, slowing Maine and well down, they've got four or five kids that just absolutely fly. And if they get into the open, not many have the ability to catch up to them. Yeah. And when I was watching the Corning game, I, I noticed that Mancini, when he was running down the sideline, uh, some of the Corning student athletes had the angle on him and he just uh, was faster than they were. His socks were going faster than their socks. And he, <laughs> he went right. right on by them. And one thing I noticed too, is that uh, Maine Enwell ran out of the eye formation a few times, actually quite a few times, which is a, obviously a different look and uh, what Corning was probably uh geared up for but nonetheless sure. uh, and then i'll go into some of the games uh, uh, two other games that i have that are going to be what i feel are pretty good games too so good treat for our uh our football fans and thanks again roger for teeing it up you do a great job all right Love take it. care thank you bonus coverage coming up right here we go <laughs> <laughs> here we go this brings us to the first collision that would be number one new york state ranked tioga coming in at four and zero at walton who received honorable mention recognition and they're at 3-0. and zero. That game will be Saturday afternoon. The Tauga Tigers average 47.3 points per game, and they only allow 12.8 points per game. Tauga comes in riding a 31-game win streak, and last week they defeated Delhi 56-28. Some student-athletes to watch for Tauga are quarterback Caden Bellis, who was 5-for-9 passing for 61 yards and one interception. He also ran four times for 132 yards and two TDs. Drew Maycumber ran for 164 yards on 16 carries and scored four touchdowns. Gianni Silvestri caught a 31-yard TD. Evan Sickler had two catches for 19 yards. And Carson Sindoni had two catches for 33 yards. Tauga amassed a, a total of 352 yards rushing. And, and that comes out to an average of 11.7 yards per carry. So you can expect a heavy dose of, of Tioga running the ball in this game. Tioga scored on eight of nine possessions in the game. That's pretty efficient. Delhide threw for 266 yards and rushed for 119 yards. So that's some statistical information I'm sure the Walton Warriors are well aware of, which takes us to Walton, who is 
affectionately called the Orange Crush by their fan base. Walton comes in with an average of 36.7 points per game and allowing only 18 points per game. Last week, Walton defeated a good Bainbridge Guilford team 38-20 at Walton's Jim Hoover Field. Walton had 10 different student-athletes who carried the ball and five student-athletes who caught the passes. So they actually they do a really good job of spreading the ball around, and I'm sure you're going to see more of that. They also scored three offensive touchdowns, one defensive touchdown on a pick six, and one special teams TD on a blocked punt. One, one definite uh, student-athlete to watch is Caleb Morin, who was 6-for-10 with a long of 31 yards, but he had no TDs, and he did have one successful two-point conversion pass. The keys to the game are that both teams can score points, and they do it using multiple student-athletes. The winner will need to play mistake-free D. Most games are determined by the line play. This game will be no different. This game will be played in good old-fashioned mud, grass, and dirt. That takes us to our second collision, which will be Waverly, was ranked number nine in New York State, coming in at three and one. They're going to be playing at Shenango Forks, who was ranked number 25 in the state, and they are two and one. That game will be Friday night at 7 p.m. This is a rematch of last season's Section 4 Class C Championship, won by Waverly, 28 to 14. Don't think that that's not bulletin board material on the, on the Shenango Forks wall. Shenango Forks Blue Devils, they come in averaging 31.3 points per game and allowing only 5.3 points per game. Last week, Shenango Forks defeated Oneana 54-0 at Oneana. Some student-athletes to watch for Shenango Forks are quarterback Jesse Stevens. He threw three first-quarter TDs last week, and he also kicks the PATs. He threw 45 and 43 yards, respectively, to Walker Paskey and a and a 38-yard TD to Steve Samuel. Tate Bender chipped in with two rushing touchdowns, and Tyler Reifenberry had two rushing TDs. I'm sorry, a rushing TD, and Lucas Bartlow also had a rushing TD. Waverly comes into this game averaging 37.5 points per game and allowing only 14.5 points per game. Last week, Waverly defeated Elmira, Soundly, 45-8 to at Waverly's Memorial Stadium. Joey Tomaso threw four TD passes, a 40-yarder to Xavier Watson, three yards to Jake Van Houten, 27 yards to Colson Keithley, and 63 yards to Jay Pfeiffer. Hogan Shaw contributed by kicking a 39-yard field goal, and also Joey Tomaso had a 69-yard TD run, and Peyton Fravel had all, also had a 9-yard TD run. Joey Tomaso was 9 of 14 for 317 yards and four TDs, and they were to all different receivers. And he had 73 yards rushing, and 69 was on one play. Jay Piper contributed with eight catches for 151 yards and a TD, and Xavier Watson had four catches for 71 yards and a TD. I believe the keys to this game um, is uh, both teams can run and throw the ball very well, but I give the edge to Waverly in the passing game. As usual, it will come down to the defense. Both teams have excellent defense as well. And Waverly shut down a strong Elmira team, while the Schnangle Forks D is extremely tough, as usual. 
the Shenango Forks D has to allow, has to slow down the high-powered Waverly offense to have a chance in this game. The game will be close. It may come down to a Hogan-Shaw PAT or field goal. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe. Tell your friends to visit Cover4.com and be the next fan up. Your inputs are never out of bounds. In football and life, it's not where we line up, it's where we wind up. Thank you for listening to the Cover 4 Podcast.